0: Derricka, i'm katie i'm justine and we are your hosts the hearts to homes team with dwellings michigan and ladies and gentlemen we are ready to spill the tea yes girl <laughs> we're going to be talking about
1: everything from real estate fashion trends your gutters and roofs as well as home decor trends
0: so stay tuned yeah we are so excited to be here thank you guys for listening yeah make sure you tell your family and friends to follow us find us look us up
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 (laughs) of the Real Estate Tea Podcast. We are super excited for today's episode. It's going to be a good one, so buckle up, guys. Yeah, get your notepads out. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Get notepads
0: out, for
1: sure. Uh, We have the amazing Dave Delfino, who owns one of the franchises of Pillar to Post in Southeast Michigan, Um, probably our favorite inspection company. At least I like to say that. So, oh, yeah, but, oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah.
2: You're being kind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're being truthful. You guys are amazing. So we love <laughs> your team. Um, so tell us a little bit about Pillar to Post. How long have you been doing inspections?
2: Well, I've been doing inspections since about 1981 uh, when I incorporated as Delphine Associates and been involved with property management, building inspections, environmental assessments for that length of time. Uh, in 1998, I purchased the franchise. of pillar-to-post home inspections in southeast Michigan and have been covering the southeastern Michigan area ever since. Uh, As far as the uh, pillar-to-post is concerned, we're the largest home inspection network in North America and our office happens to be the largest in the state of Michigan. Uh, We have 17 offices in the state and we run our office out of Livonia. Nice. Uh,
0: That's a lot of knowledge, man. 81 That's older than you guys. (laughs) It's
2: <laughs> not uncommon that's, that I hear that.
1: <laughs> no, I will watch it over there because I know you, you're agent of 13 there.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. I've seen, you've seen a lot of stuff. <laughs>
2: Just around 35,000 home inspections.
0: Oh my wow. gosh. Wow.
1: That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is. That's a lot. Do you think you've seen everything there is to see in a home inspection?
2: I'm still learning. Wow. Uh, there's a lot to see, a lot to know, but uh, it's also, you know, you have to enjoy what you do so it doesn't make it a drag. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. Wow. That's
0: crazy. That. Hardly
2: a day goes by where we don't encounter something a little unusual, but we have enough experience to know, to harken back to, to figure it out and keep moving.
1: Uh, I so, love that. So your home must be in like tip-top shape.
2: Oh, you've never been to my home then. <laughs> You know what they say, the shoemaker's children go barefoot. Uh, a home inspector's home is not perfect. There is no such thing as perfection in real estate. We all know that.
1: Yes. I tell
2: everybody perfection exists in two places the figments of some people's imagination and in the dictionary beyond that forget about
1: it i love that it's so true because i mean we have clients too that when we get them a new construction they expect that house to be perfect yeah and i mean you've experienced that too our houses those houses are not perfect
2: i could spend all day talking to you about new construction and uh, how they're not perfect In many cases, and we do a fair amount of new construction, but in many cases, I would say that a newly constructed home can have a list as long as your arm of things that it needs. And it's brand new, never lived in. Uh, It's just one of those misunderstandings as new doesn't mean right.
0: That's really good. I'm glad that you guys brought that up because recently I had one and it was the largest, the longest in-depth addendum that I've typed in oh. all of my real estate. Remember, I, yeah. I, I screenshot it yeah. and sent yeah. it to you guys, and it was a brand new, new construction. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, wow. So that's a great point It varies
2: by the builder, and it varies by the community that's being built in. Some communities are um, more strict than others and are on top of the buildings uh, event, and others are very lax, and a lot of things do not get found. And then, unfortunately, there's the misunderstanding on the consumer's part, that they are protected. They wouldn't have, have any reason to have a home inspection on a new home. Why would yep. I do that? It's brand new. Heard that. Yep. Well, how many times have all of us purchased something at a store and brought it home and found it not to be right?
0: Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except that's you don't want point. to
2: spend 200000 or 500000 or whatever and find something that's not right.
1: Mm-hmm. Very true, because some people think that just that walkthrough they do before the closing is good enough and if everything looks great. So we always advise to have you guys come out for that new construction or any house in general. So it's all
2: about learning. Mm.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. What type of um, trainings do inspectors have to go through
0: to become an inspector?
2: Well, unfortunately in the state of Michigan, there are no state requirements.
0: What?
2: Uh, there's no such thing as a licensed home inspector in the state of Michigan. Uh, we are one of only 14 states left that uh, still haven't gotten our act together there. So, in our state, unfortunately, Uncle Bob with a flashlight is a home inspector as much as somebody else in the consumer's eye. Now, there's quite a difference when it comes to uh, explaining that in reality. Uh, when it comes to being a, an inspector for, for instance, Pillar to Post or my organization, you not only have to go through extensive training and testing, but there's a pretty significant Time is spent in the field learning from other inspectors before anybody is uh, like let loose on a poor home buyer and real estate agent to experience somebody's uh, ineptness. So um, we have a very strict guidelines as far as I mean, there's literally weeks of training and uh, shadowing and so on. So I mean, it's not like uh, oh, you know, you learn a little bit about a roof and a little bit about a a furnace, and you just uh, We'll sick them on some consumer. But that is exactly what happens in most of the state. So
1: there's no schooling, <gasps> anything?
2: For N- nothing example? that is state recognized wow. at all. We do have national organizations that, that we adhere to the standards of practice. Uh, the American Society of Home Inspection, ASHI, is the standard bearer in the U.S. as far as the education and as far as the continuing education credentials. To achieve different standards that are available, and they even have three or four different levels that um, can be achieved in learning the the trade, if you will, you know, based on, on hundreds and thousands of inspections and testing and uh, that type of thing. So there are different criteria of certification available out there, but unfortunately, the consumer doesn't know that, right? And they assume, you know, that an inspection is an inspection and That's where the big difference is in our world.
0: I guess it's going to be the same thing with inspectors and like they're not all equal and neither just like real estate agents. Yes. We're all not the same educated and trained and yeah. wow, that's And great. I love
1: my Uncle Bob, but I don't want him doing my home inspection, okay? <laughs> right. So, just saying. <laughs> right. I really do have an Uncle Bob. So <laughs> <laughs> That was really good.
0: <laughs> well, I know like I work mainly with with Matt and Dustin and the amount of time that they give to our clients and explain different things. You have to know what you're talking about. And they always sound so educated. And they and my and my clients after the inspection, like, Man, I love them. Like, they were so informative. Like, they really, you're protecting your investment. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there's no perfect house, but at least you know, this is your honey to-do list right. of things to fix. And and if there is something major, they, they're letting us know. So, uh, shout out to Matt and Dustin. Yes. Well, that's, that's kind. You're <laughs> yes. talking
2: two of my senior inspectors, uh, other than myself. I mean, one is 21 years and one is 15 years oh. doing inspections. They are some of the longer uh, awesome. inspectors in the metro area, but... Inspection world is like a lot of things. There's a big revolving door out there. Companies come in and out of business. Inspectors go in and out of business. We have the things like, um, uh, well, there's UAW or local community colleges that uh, educate and re-educate people that were displaced in a previous occupation. And there's these puppy mills, so to speak, that just grind out inspectors. Well, they think they know something. They've been to some training, but they have no practical uh, knowledge to you know, associate what they learned in a book. So field experience in, uh, goes a long, long way. But one of the biggest problems that we find, whether it's a, a, a consumer that's has had a home inspection before or one that hasn't, is they don't have much of an expectation except that this guy or gal is going to come tell me about my home and to whether or not I'm making a good decision. And they have no idea who they're dealing with, the the level of education that their inspector has, nor are they prepared that this takes more than just a few minutes. Um, A good inspection starts at about two, two and a half hours Mm -hmm. and goes longer. And some people come to a home inspection and 10 minutes in, they're looking at their watch. You know, is this over yet? Is this (laughs) over yet? Um, They're just not prepared. So it's... uh, Another one of the things that the consumers are just not familiar with. Expectations are difficult sometimes to set.
0: Yeah. Well, I know one thing that I always, I always talk about you guys, or especially you, because um, not only are you guys an amazing company and you protect our buyers a lot with the knowledge, but you teach us. And I'm like, well, Dave said, you know, I, I learned this in the class. I'm like, well, I just sat through this class and then I want to bring up the elephant in the room. Mold. Mm -hmm. I've sat through your mold class a couple of times, and every time I'm still taking notes and every time I'm learning a huge nugget, like I love your classes. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, And I hope more agents are sitting in your classes and getting that education because it's important. So let's talk a little bit about the mold. We know that mold scares the crap out of people and people are like, ah! Yeah, but not all mold is going to kill you.
2: That's correct. Uh, mold is one of those four-letter words that gets everybody's <laughs> attention. Uh, but it uh, really, other than getting your attention, that's really should, r- where it should stop. Because once it has your attention, just seek out the right information and not it, it revert to another four-letter word called fear. And uh, that's really what the problem is. When it comes to mold, there is no such thing as a home without it. Every single home, you cannot let me go on a property and I will find mold. So does that mean that everybody has a problem? No, very rarely. And even the homes that have uh, areas that are heavily molded, uh, visually affected, uh, it's usually not a health concern. And that's what immediately everybody concerned is concerned with, health. Um, there are bad molds out there. Molds that are uh, going to give somebody a allergic reaction, minor, they're all aller- allergens. But a toxin or pathogenic mold, they're there. Knowing where the mold is, is it in the living environment, A, and B, the amount of mold there as to whether or not it has the potential of affecting the client. Um, you know, we find mold on a wall, say it's, you know, size of your hand or or a spot, you know, or maybe it's a, an area covering the size of, uh, you know, a, a bookcase or a, a table, you know, it's just, it's the darkened area. And there's a tremendous amount of reaction over that. But when you put it into perspective as to, A, is it a bad mold? B, is it affecting the living environment? And there's just that little bit of it over there, it, you know, it begins to calm the, the rattled nerves. Um. On the other hand, we go to homes that are just blackened everywhere with uh, discoloration and people are still living in the home and they don't seem to complain of problems. There is a level of sensitivity that everybody has. So the reaction to the molds can vary individual by individual as well as how much mold, the concentration and what type. So, yes, mold itself is a an alarming Term to most people, and but it really depends on where it is, how much of it is there, and the type of mold. Just real simple.
0: And you guys offer mold testing to find out, right? Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. There are several types of mold testing that are available. The most common and most comprehensive test that is available is the indoor air quality, where sampling of the air of the environment. You hear me say things like the living environment. I just emphasize that because that's really all that matters. Is it affecting where you are? But that is analyzed for allergens, pathogens, toxins to determine it's the concentration of it as to whether or not it is a reactionary state. Just because there's a darkened, discolored area that is uh, identified as a mold substance in an area doesn't mean it's really affecting anything let alone the occupants. So air quality is probably the most common. There's bulk testing. That means where we literally remove the mold in the form of either a scraping, a swab test, or a tape lift, where it's then taken to the lab for analysis. And then there's other types of uh, testing that can be done, but those are the most common ones. But when it comes to mold, knowing where it is, identifying what it is, Helps put in perspective, is it something to be reacted to?
1: I like that because I feel like, you know, people don't, they fear what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they see that, it scares them. And, you know, we've had clients that have found mold in the attic and it just sends them into a panic where, I mean, I love just like we've talked about, your inspectors are educated. So they'll tell us, you know. Once you get your roof redone, I would recommend removing that sheathing. But right now, it's not a concern. It's not in that living space. You're not breathing it in. So just being educating our clients, which is what I love about you guys. Absolutely. To know.
2: Well, when it comes to mold, it's always important to figure out why it's there. I mean, while mold is everywhere, including this room that we're in right now, there is mold here. Uh, But we're not concerned about it. It's in small enough quantities, and there's not an environment necessarily in this room that we're in that is conducive to its continual growth. So when you have mold, you have to have conditions right to have it. And in most cases, it's simply excess moisture or water conditions. Mold is a living organism that ingests or eats its host, It's on wood, it's eating wood. It's on drywall, it's consuming the drywall. Well, it has to have that food and it has to have moisture. You don't have moisture, you can have all the food you want. It's not going to grow or be there. So anytime we find mold or mold concerns, it automatically reverts back to public enemy number one, water. Why is it there? Is it coming in the basement? Is it coming in the roof? Is it coming in here, there? Without moisture, without water, there is not going to be a mold concern ever. Can't be. Real simple.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you. And speaking of moisture, and I'm kind of leading into our next question, because, um, you know, when you have a basement, a lot of people with the rain, we've seen moisture in the basement. But can you give us some maybe the top three home maintenance tips for homeowners that can help maintain their home and prevent, hopefully, some problems in the future?
2: Well, as I I just mentioned, one, uh, the public enemy, number one, as we say, is water. If the homeowner manages the water on, around, and off the house, there's not going to be any problems. There's not going to be mold. There's not going to be intrusion. There's not going to be deterioration, rot, and et cetera that comes from it. Water always wins. When it's ignored, it can get rampant. So the number one thing uh, is, is water management. And that water management certainly starts with the roof surface, then the gutters, the downspouts, making sure the water is discharging away from the structure, giving no provision for water to enter the foundation by having negative grading at the foundation or the downspouts dumping water along the basement wall. It's just going to come in. So site water management is public enemy number one. Other than water on the property, there's two other areas that are important, insulation and ventilation. Sometimes all three of these things are the perfect storm to create problems and excessive mold in an attic or a basement finished area. Uh, when you don't have the proper insulation, you get condensation, meaning moisture buildup. If you don't have the proper insulation, you have heat loss and thermal uh, transfers. Ventilation is everybody's friend. In other words, the more air you have moving in a room, in a house, in a basement, in an attic, whatever, air movement is everybody's friend. It makes it more comfortable, more energy efficient, and mitigates or removes the potential of moisture buildup. We all understand if you have water spilled somewhere, you put a fan on it to help dry it up, move the, move the moisture out, enhancing evaporation. So when we go to homes that have a problem— Uh, Those are the three areas, and those are the three areas when we educate people on and buying a home that they're always needing to make sure. Is it properly insulated, ventilated? Are you managing the water right? If you take care of those three items, everything else becomes very small. It's small potatoes, easy maintenance.
1: Love okay. that, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've seen we see a lot of homes with negative grading, which yeah. seems like such a simple thing to maintain. Buyers want to run from that. Like, yeah. wait wait, wait, this is yeah. so common. Don't run. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. fifty to sixty yeah.
2: percent of the homes that we evaluate have poor grading adjacent to the structure. It's real simple. Most of them have basements, or at least have had some excavation to create the initial foundation. Well, over time, it resettles, recompacts adjacent to the home. It's no longer you know, disturbed soil, it's now recompacting, so it's settling adjacent to the home. That's why there's the landscape supply places in town that sell soil by the bag of the yard or the dump truck full, because you need it around your home to maintain the proper discharge of water away from that home, that island that you're trying to keep dry. Simple.
1: I love that. Also, ventilation is our friend. Water is the enemy. So I'll be sticking to my caffeine, guys. (laughs) 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 All right, Justin, wrapping it up with the. Okay. I do want to ask one quick question because we were at a listing appointment the other day. and We had saw gutters going into the ground. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Always a bad thing.
0: Ah. Now, <laughs> we were questioning a weird question attention in glass.
2: <laughs> when it comes to gutters below ground, many landscapers do it with great intentions so they don't get their landscaping washed away and you don't have that downspout extension showing. And it supposedly dissipates under the ground, the water and goes away. That's great in a textbook and in most people's imagination, but it's not reality. The biggest area it's not a reality in landscaping discharge is in the most important time of the year, the winter time, when we have the ice, snow, freeze, thaw conditions where water goes out and underground into that cold, now frozen ground. And this horizontal pipe that is running underneath the sod gets full of water intermittently that turns to ice. And so it doesn't discharge anywhere. And so when water does come down the downspout, it boils back or bubbles back and goes right where you don't want it, along the basement wall and back to your foundation. (laughs) So if you're going to run downspouts below grade, it's important that you know the exit point and it actually runs flowing freely at that exit point into a drainage ditch, into a drain tile or something. Not these little silly pop-up things that pop up out of the ground and supposedly discharge the water. You picture now the pipe running across underneath the sod and then it has to turn and come up to this green little mushroom thing that dissipates the water, that means it can't get out without the pipe being full of water. So it's kind of a misunderstood thing. It looks good. It's like one of those things, you know, uh, paper doesn't refuse print. You know, you can make things. People will buy them. There's a good application, but there's also a lot of misapplied downspouts. The other problem is anytime you're running something down. Uh, alongside the foundation below ground, even if it's most of them are not the ones that go out into the yard and dissipate with by your landscaper, they're running down the sides of the, of the building and tying into the old footing drains. Those in many communities now are illegal, and you can be fined up to $100 a piece in many of our communities around here for doing that because you're sending good rainwater into the storm drains, and you and I all pay to have wastewater treatment to rainwater, but the biggest problem is is the potential damages it creates to the structure by allowing water at the foundation. Interesting. So, okay. always wow. a potential concern: downspouts below grade.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, that answers our question. So, thank you. But um, what's the craziest inspection story you can think of? In um, your years of inspection. I needed a prep for that. There's, huh?
0: <laughs> no, there, there's
2: there's almost too many to even come up with. I mean, we have scary <laughs> ones, we have funny ones, we have oh no ones. Um I, I would say uh it was interesting. I was uh at a discussion similar to this, but at the Women's Council of Realtors last fall, and that kind of question came up, and there was a number of us there, they were we were each asked that same question. And I said, Well, the the most memorable inspection that I've ever had is when I un- discovered three dead bodies in a crawl space. No. Wow. I
1: was just thinking. I no. was, like, was going to be the, like, did you ever see a dead body? Yes, that's the craziest. Oh, oh my God.
2: And uh, it, it will, I mean, anytime I see a grave to this day, I automatically get that flashback of those three graves in the crawl space. But there's, they're not always uh, so so sad and, and sick and all that. I mean— It's interesting. I've pulled into driveways of homes in the middle of winter. It's 15 degrees outside, ice cold. You pull into the driveway and there's water flowing, not freezing yet, but flowing down the driveway. And we get to the house and there's all sorts of beautiful ice sculptures in the bathrooms and the kitchens as the pipes are spraying water everywhere. And we have these crystal palaces of ice inside a house. And and the people <laughs> are, you know, they're out <laughs> or something and the agent, you know, know just the listing agent. the home and what have you. And so we've had all kinds of very interesting things. But when you have been on, you know, as many thousands of home and commercial properties, we see all kinds of things.
1: So nothing probably even surprises you anymore.
2: Uh, it's a surprise for the day, <laughs> uh, but uh, it just adds to more conversation. and. I would say it's hardly a day goes by at the office where one of the guys out in the field don't uncover something unique. Uh, and it, it's all shared you know, instantly on everybody's phone. It's like the whole office. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, I think it was Matt was at a house and he had a strange odor and was went outside. And just outside the house was a large, dead possum hanging in the tree right next to the house. And it's like, you don't see that every day. So it's it's like... It's always something unique. Um each of our homes are unique. Uh there are many things about our homes that we are proud of and there's many things that we're not so proud of. Well, you, as a home inspector, you get into see the good, the bad and the ugly in everybody's home. And we are constantly amazed at what we see, how somebody else lives, you know, what they have in their home.
0: I believe oh, that. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> this is very informative. I really hope that our listeners um, really appreciate and took notes because I think this was really informative, like really informative.
1: Yeah. I mean, I learned I mean, something new again, again in right, this podcast right. yeah. every time I talk today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know,
2: Education, what, what it's all about, knowledge yes. is power, and that's how we uh, all separate ourselves from one from another. Yeah. yeah. Professionals enjoy doing business with professionals. And when you have something to offer as a professional, other professionals understand that. But more importantly... Your clients understand that, oh, he, she, they are the professional. They're the ones that I want to represent me.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, I even love that now. I mean, Dave, you stay with the times because like grow houses. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, (laughs) –
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I've taken the grow house class because I want to know everything that I can know. There's and one I, coming up, I was just going to say there's another yeah. grow house on
2: 420. You did it on how, purpose? But, I yes, know that. Yes, well, that was on purpose.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I brought it up because I knew it was coming. Yeah. So,
2: but uh, some of you have taken some of these classes. There's 40 different classes that I give statewide, and there's 24 of them are state certified from a continuing education mm-hmm. standpoint, where you get credits for attending. Uh, they do change. They they are enhanced continually to stay up to the times. I've had people say, well, I took your mold class five years ago. Okay, mold's still growing, still a problem. Mm-hmm. But guess what? There's a lot more updated information in the presentation. So whether it's uh, one that we have given or other people that give continuing education, whether it's a subject that is... Uh, viewed as everybody knows about, such as radon or whatever uh s- repeating a class just because you've had it you're you'd be amazed at how much it has really you know they are improved it's not the same uh sixty slides in, in the same discussion uh, like every venue, a lot of it is uh gets enhanced by the participants the questions that are asked and so there's always something. To learn. We
1: say that all the time. We always take classes twice, three times, four times. We don't ever stop. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, we don't. Because I yeah. think even, too, like the stuff that we see, then he does a class on something and we're like, oh, we just seen that. or yeah. Oh, we mm-hmm. just experienced that. So it just, it all ties together. So continuing our education is really big, really big here at Dwellings, Michigan, too. Things so. are always changing.
1: And there's always something. that I mean, even when we take your class multiple times, you learn something new every single time. Yeah, every, every single time. Is what I, love. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah.
2: That's what keeps us all happy, learning.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything that you do. You're an extremely busy man. Um, You educate. You are out there in the field. And we just cannot thank you enough, Dave, for coming today. We appreciate the
2: opportunity to come in and have a little chat. And if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out.
0: I love your company. I love your team. Love Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our episode. Make sure you look us up on Facebook and our Hearts to Homes community group, where we will be
1: sharing local events in the area and you guys can connect with other people. We look forward to seeing you there.